As we continue through our message series on the Being Challenge, I just want to start this morning with a question. Who here, I mean really in your heart of hearts, just longs to be more like Jesus? That you want to just be all in on his words and ways. You just want your life to be a Christian witness in a world that so desperately needs Jesus. Well, what if I told you that we can? We can be more like Jesus because we have a God who has given us his son, a God who has made his words and ways known, and a God who has even given us his own Holy Spirit to live inside of us, who continues to work to shape these keystone habits of Jesus in our lives. And as we walk with Jesus, we become more like him. We become more like Jesus on the roads and in our dorms and in our classrooms and at our workplaces and in our houses and in our neighborhoods and at our ballparks and at our athletic fields and also at our family reunions. And so as we continue through each of the six keystone habits of Jesus, this morning we're going to lean into habit number four that I believe is probably the most foreign to us in our crazy overconnected world as well as even most fearful or frightening to us. And it's this idea of solitude. Now, I know that if we have any extroverts here, your hairs just stood up. Solitude? And if you're an extrovert with ADD or ADHD, your blood pressure really just spiked. What do you mean? Seeking solitude. I'll go crazy. And yet before we carry any misconceptions about solitude or, or prejudge it, let's just turn into Mark chapter 1 to see the blessings that seeking solitude can sow in our everyday life. I want to start by going to a very, very northern Palestine. In Mark chapter 1, this is where Jesus begins his public ministry. He is baptized. He goes in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then we're told that Jesus goes around Galilee preaching the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the gospel. So it opens way north in Capernaum. And listen to everything that Jesus does in just one day of ministry. It starts by Jesus 
calling his first disciples, Peter, James, Andrew, Simon, John. Uh, and then Jesus goes to the synagogue in Capernaum and he teaches. And then in the synagogue, he heals a demon-possessed man. After the synagogue, he goes to the house of Simon and Andrew. In the house, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then that evening, we're told, at sundown, the village starts to bring all who are sick or are pressed by demons, and Jesus heals them. Whew. That's just one day. How many of us, if we had a super crazy, full, busy day like that, would just want to crash and sleep in the next morning? <laughs> and yet here, what Jesus does next is what is so remarkable after a day like that. We begin with our text. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus stood up, went out of the house, went away to a desolate place, and there he began to pray. We know that this is the fourth watch of the night, meaning sometime between 3 a.m., and 6 a.m., after a crazy, long, busy day, he wakes up between 3 or 6 a.m., sneaks out of the house, walks under the cover of darkness. They didn't have lights, electricity back then. Makes his way to a secluded place, and there he prays. And we know that his solitude was distant enough from the house and long enough until the waking hours of the morning because of verse 36. We're told that Simon and those who were with him, so Andrew, James, and John, wake up and they're like, where's Jesus? We lost our rabbi. And so literally from the Greek it said they hunted for him. The word means to search diligently for, to pursue after something like you would chasing a prey. They had to hunt for Jesus. And when they finally found him, they said, Lord, everyone is seeking you. I mean, yesterday was a hit. Your approval ratings are through the roof. Well, they want more. They can't wait to see what you're going to do today. Jesus, this is great. But then Jesus says to them, let's go on to the next towns so that I might preach there also. For this is why I came. See, here's a recurring theme in Mark's gospel, the difference between Jesus' program and the expectations of the disciples and even of the crowds. That primarily Jesus' mission was not to be a wonder worker who got very high approval ratings, 
but it was to preach the kingdom of God that is here in Jesus Christ. You know, Mark 1 is not the only time we see Jesus intentional about seeking solitude with his Father. He does it again in chapter 6, then he'll do it again in the Garden of Gethsemane. So what we see again and again in the life of Jesus is this keystone habit of sacred solitude. And I want to say sacred solitude because when we see solitude in the Bible, solitude is not just about being by yourself or being alone somewhere. But solitude is always about being alone with God. It is a holy moment with God. Being one-on-one -on -one with your Heavenly Father. And that is why we must distinguish biblical sacred solitude from just personal time or taking some self-time. And as we look at this sacred solitude, here are some pieces that can go into it that we see in Jesus' life and ministry that we can now emulate in ours. Here it goes. Here are the, the essential components for having moments of sacred solitude with God. First, it begins with a decided separation. That at some moment in your day, some moment in every 24 hours, you have a moment of decided separation. It is planned and it is prioritized. You and I won't just stumble into it. It is not just an accidental occurrence. These moments just don't happen. But we see from the life of Jesus that they were decisive, stopping what we're doing to do something else. So what is the best time for you to have separation in your day? Even 5, 10, 15 minutes. Maybe like Jesus, it's very early in the morning before anyone else is up under the cover of darkness. Maybe it's once the kids or young and little go to school or, or daycare. Maybe it's later during the lunch break. Or maybe it's the time between work and supper and there's a little bit of room there. Or maybe it's after dinner in the evening. Or maybe it's even late at night when everyone is in bed. When can you have that moment of decided separation? And then when Jesus had that decided moment, we see four parts, four ingredients to that moment of sacred solitude. The first part, we're told that Jesus went to a desolate place. That's seclusion. The word there in Greek literally means it's uninhabited, it's deserted, it's isolated, it's abandoned. We might say the sticks or the boonies or more to our time and place, someplace private. Where is that place of seclusion for you? 
Maybe it's your car. Or maybe it's a park. Maybe it's your patio or your porch or your backyard or your bedroom or a break room. Where can you go to a place that's uninhabited? And then the second piece of the solitude, the key ingredient is that there's also silence. Shh. A place and space where all the noise in this world can be tuned out. And the phone, at a minimum on silence, but even better, not even on us but a place that is silent and conducive. And not just the silence, but in that place, there is also a stillness. That all the distractions of the world and the day are removed. And it's not just a place where there's stillness around us in the environment, but especially a place where there can be a stillness in here in the depths of our soul. And it's the seclusion and the silence and the stillness that really sets the backdrop for the most important piece of solitude, and that is the seeking. Going one-on-one with your heavenly Father, Talking, conversing with him, praying to him, and I will say most importantly, listening to him. Do you still believe that we have a God who still wants to speak into our lives today? Hebrews 1 says that God speaks to us through his Son, and I know that some of us think, but, but yeah, I, I go alone and, and I don't hear God's voice coming into my life. I can't make out what he's saying. And, and when that happens, maybe it's something as simple as we haven't stopped talking. But when we're in solitude with God, what if our first posture was just listening to what he wants to say. Later in Mark 9, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration and he lights up like a Christmas tree with Peter, James, and John, the Heavenly Father speaks out loud. They hear him. Do you remember what Father says about Jesus? This is my beloved Son. And then he says, Listen to him. So that seeking moments of sacred solitude with God are not about clearing our minds like the Eastern religions do, but they are actually about filling our minds with God, which happens in large part by just listening 
And every time you and I seek God, look at what King David says. The one who knew and loved God with his heart. David told Solomon, which is just as true for you and me, if you seek the Lord, he will be found by you. Our God is not in some cosmic game of hide and seek. He wants to be found by you, and he wants to be found by me. And if we seek him, he will be found. And I can guarantee you this. Every time that we seek God, we can count on these two blessings. In the presence of God, there is always the power of God. And in the presence of God, there is always the peace of God, a peace that transcends all human understanding. And so we can see now why Jesus again and again leaned into these moments of sacred solitude when he could just rest in the presence of his Father, receive his power, receive his peace to help him make his journey to the cross. And it's the same with you, and it's the same with me. Could you use some of his power in your life right now? Could you use some of his peace? Seek him. He will be found. And in his presence there is always power and peace for you. And see, once Jesus had these moments of sacred solitude with his Father, resting in his presence, he was renewed and he was refreshed and he was refocused to continue his journey to the cross and back. And being rested and renewed and refocused, he would then step back into the life and ministry that God had planned for him. And that's our rhythm too. See, we can never, ever let Satan deceive us into thinking that our days, unlike Jesus, are so busy and so hurried and so much to do on our to-do list that we don't have time for these sacred solitude with God. One of the things that our family does, one of our traditions that we have created, is that when it's your birthday... You get to choose your restaurant. 
not all of the time, but much of the time, one of our top choices, at least with me and the kids, is the Outback Steakhouse. We are just a family of ranchaholics. <laughs> not lie, right? I'm not joking. We are. And theirs is one of the top. But one of the temptations that I always have when we go to the Outback is, is it starts with that warm bread. And that nice melted butter goes on it and, and you burn through the first loaf and you burn through the second loaf and you ask for the waitress or waiter to bring another one or another two. And then the salad comes out with no onions <laughs> and extra ranch. Right? You got to keep it going. And then after the salad that is so cool and crisp, always a double order of the Aussie cheese fries with extra, extra ranch. And what happens is that we, I fill myself with so many of the good things that many times I don't have much room for the best thing. And that's the steak. And you know, I think we do that too. Every day we say yes to so many good things. Time with family and work and Facebook and gaming or social media or exercise, volunteering, Rotary, music, dance. We say yes to so many good things that oftentimes we miss or squeeze out or don't have room, we think, for the best thing. And that is moment of sacred solitude with our God where we just step aside from the day and the craziness and rest in his presence and receive his power and his peace. You see, our lives, just like Jesus' life, are way too busy to not seek solitude. Amen. I want to do something different right now for just two minutes. For just two minutes, I want to have just silence. Just silence. And I want to invite all of us into just a little moment right now of, of sacred solitude with God to just hear what he is saying to us through these words and then what he is calling us to do in response. It might seem like a really uncomfortable long time, but let's just start with two minutes. <laughs> 